0: Hi there, I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen, as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. Welcome back. Let me ask, have you heard the sound of the alarm? The warning and the panic and the activists' urgent call? The environment is distressed beyond what it can ever bear. Global warming and a rapidly changing climate. Alert! 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 We must all hurry. We must all hustle. We must all do something. Or else we will all quickly perish. If you care about your children's and grandchildren's future, hey, even if you care about your own future, our climate is in a full-blown crisis, and we must act. It is literally do or die. Surely you have heard this. Environmentalists, the media, and politicians preach it, whether we want to hear it or not. Climate change is real. The disaster is man-made, and only we can stop what we have begun, and even then we are probably too late. Bjorn Lomborg, in his book Cool It, The Skeptical Environmentalist's Guide to Global Warming, quotes respected scientist James Lovelock as follows, Before this century is over, billions of us will die And the few breeding pairs of people that survive will be in the Arctic where the climate remains tolerable. Unquote. Whether it be heat waves, horrific, never-before-seen storms, and or persistent droughts, we are doomed. Michael Lord, 36 years in the United States National Weather Service as a researcher of meteorology, and a friend of the Bible, writes, Some say, that global warming is the most significant threat to ever affect man. Yikes! Al Gore, the former Vice President of the United States and award-winning filmmaker for his movie An Inconvenient Truth, was recently in Davos, Switzerland, for the meeting of the global elite called the World Economic Forum, when he got more than a little worked up and passionate in a panel discussion, exclaiming that, quote, climate refugees are predicted to reach one billion in this century. I did the calculation and concluded that would be one in every eight people on the planet, by the way. If true, that is indeed very worrying. Although we should put a pause on our worry, because not to be outdone in his comments at Davos, John Kerry, who at the time of this recording is President Joe Biden's special presidential envoy for climate, said at the same conference that he and a few select others were gathered to, quote, save the planet. While it is ironic that both men flew private jets and then private helicopters to get to Davos, further polluting the air they came to save, we should take heart that they're on it. And the same, of course, goes for the young Swedish environmental activist Greta Thunberg. She became so depressed about climate change and the fact that no adults seemed to be doing anything about it, including her own parents, that at age 11... She stopped talking and eating much of anything and lost 22 pounds, 10 kilograms, in two months. She has been joined in her activism by those whom she has inspired. Desperate that attention be given to this urgent problem, these activists have been roaming around art museums in Europe, throwing food at multi-billion-dollar paintings, as well as gluing themselves to said famous works of art. In videos I have watched, they also scream at the top of their lungs. Oh, and they also lie down across major roads during rush hour, stopping traffic. The rest of us must heed their warning, and this is how they get our attention. Their claim is that human beings are really a curse upon this earth that nature is best left untouched by human hands, and that nature is far more important than man and woman, and that we are completely destroying this planet because we are the cause for all of this destruction. Even though, in the United States at the time of this recording, President Biden has pledged a goal of achieving a carbon-pollution-free power sector by 2035, And a net zero emissions economy by no later than 2050, and has included in his recent budget 24 billion US dollars for conservation and protecting communities from climate disasters, including billions of dollars spread across federal agencies to combat climate change. That's not enough. More must be done. And quickly. After all, our lives depend on it, right? Recently, I was having coffee with some family members and I asked them what their thoughts were on climate change, global warming, and the like. I received a very strong and emotional response. And knowing that I am a Christian, they made an assumption about me, saying something like, you must not believe in it. What are you, a climate change denier? The insinuation was that because I am a Christian, I do not accept the climate is changing, and therefore I am a denier. They had a category all set up for me and dropped me right into it when I, not them, broached the topic and sought their opinion. This is part of being Christian in the secular culture in which we live. and The question is, How should we respond? What do we believe about the environment and our relationship to it and our responsibility for it? Well, as we have said recently on this broadcast and podcast, we want to demonstrate to our friends and family, especially those who are not yet Christians, that what we believe about the environment comes from the Bible. Our foundation for what we believe about everything is God's word. And there is quite a bit said in the opening book and chapters of the Bible on the universe and planet in which we live. So let's turn now to the word of God in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Genesis 1, 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Well, that right there tells us a lot about what we need to know and therefore believe. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Notice the emphasis on God. G-O-D, God. God is the Creator. God is the Creator. And He is the Creator of the heavens and the earth. So I will articulate to my friends and family, as the Holy Spirit gives me opportunity, that God is the creator of the earth on which we live. And this already has great implications for what I believe about the environment. My conviction is that God made the environment in which he put us to live. So, I want to establish up front and then to repeat that I do not accept the Big Bang as an adequate model or better-stated story for the origin of heaven and earth. Dr. Jason Lyle, a Ph.D. in astrophysics from the University of Colorado at Boulder, a Christian who specializes in solar astrophysics and has interest in the physics of relativity and cosmology, describes the Big Bang well. Quote, the Big Bang is a story about how the universe came into existence. It proposes that billions of years ago, the universe began in a tiny, infinitely hot, and dense point called a singularity. This singularity supposedly contained not only all the mass and energy that would become everything we see today— but also space itself. According to the story, the singularity rapidly expanded, spreading out the energy and space. It is supposed that over vast periods of time, the energy from the Big Bang cooled down as the universe expanded. Some of it turned into matter, hydrogen, and helium gas. These gases collapsed to form stars and galaxies of stars. Some of the stars created the heavier elements in their core and then exploded, distributing these elements into space. Some of the heavier elements allegedly began to stick together and formed the Earth and other planets. In summary, that's the Big Bang. I reject that. I do not accept that. Why? Because according to the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I take God's word for it. Since God was the only one there at the beginning, you were not there, I was not there, God was there. And God says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I am going with him. And then in the last verse of Genesis chapter 1, we read this. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. That's verse 31. So that according to God, everything and everyone that he had made was very good. My starting point in responding to the environmentalists and climate change activists mentioned earlier is to affirm that my hope for our planet is in the hands of the one who made it. In the words of that great African spiritual, which I just love, sung best by Mahalia Jackson, he's got the whole world in his hands. Indeed, God still has the whole world. In his hands. Well, this is where we begin our response, but this is just, well, the beginning. Please join us again next time for much more because God is. Thank you for listening to this God is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at God is org. That's Mark at God is Ministry.org please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.